Too many arguments. Too many mixed facts that never added up. Too many late nights spent over bottles of wild turkey and bird dog that spun in circles with what-ifs and if-onlys. Sure, we were great about some things. Perceived immutable truths about those gods from the Golden Age and beyond. But we didn't know enough. We needed to start at the beginning to figure out how we got to this place. And Amazon is the god of war, our man of tomorrow wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt. We had to start from the beginning. So we went to the obvious choice. We went to a belfry and found Kane's man. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Matthew. And we're the DC Detectives. It's our job to go back through the annals of DC history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. So we're going to be starting off with Batman today, starting off with... Detective Comics 29, if memory serves? I think it's actually 27, which was... Am I uh, really wrong? The fir- the second thing I say on the podcast is wrong. It's entirely possible, but it's not that bad of a It's of 27, thing. yeah. It's, it's number 27 uh, coming out in the uh, month of May of 1939. All 64 pages of Detective Comics, six of them were for Batman. Not gonna lie, it's kind of entertaining seeing how how condensed these stories are. It really changes the dynamic, especially compared to a six-issue arc, everything being written for the trade now. For the record, I am a big proponent of writing for the trade. I like those styles of stories, at least full issue length. So this is... All of this is going to be in my weird comfort zone. And and for me, it's really funny because I view this as the perfect length for Batman stories. Really? I uh, 30 minutes. Batman is... How did we never cover this in any of the prep? No, well, I mean, just saying, like, Bat- Batman to me is Scooby-Doo. Everything Batman can do can be done in 30 minutes. There really isn't anything beyond that that can be solved beyond one episode or one issue to me. And that's where we're getting into interesting <laughs> stuff. Like, one of the things I actually have written down is, is this Batman? With, with Detective Comics number 27, the first... Two people you see in a Batman comic are Bruce Wayne in the f- most fantastic yellow checkered full suit outfit I've ever seen, and Commissioner Gordon in what appears to be the most hastily done and also painfully drawn hash suit. Like it's it's all just just lines and marks, and it's 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 a white suit drawn to look like it's gray. If you took every single line you could possibly do. And I'm really thinking that Bob Kane, who many of you probably know as the creator of Batman, just was like, ah, shit, I forgot a pattern. Just just, ugh, just do it. Just, just lines. Lines all over him. Like, you know what it looks like to me? You know how everybody in elementary school, at least for our age, uh, did the, the, not the Skecher S, but whatever that, like, skate logo oh, was? Oh, the Stussy logo? What? You don't... <laughs> yeah. No, so I actually is... have no idea what this is. So this is so this is showing I'm from Southern California and you're All from right. Northern California. Yes. First off, we're both from California. Hi. Um, I'm from Huntington Beach, Matt. You're from Sunnyvale? I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah okay. You're from Sunnyvale. Trust um... me, a lot of people made the Buffy jokes. <laughs> Although, apparently the Toys R Us is haunted. Well, of course it is because it's the Toys R Us and they have a giraffe as their mascot for no apparent reason. But the the Stussy S, that's Stussy is a, a company uh, that makes skatewear clothing. It's it's a it's a clothing brand, and it's S T U with an umlaut. 
over the U and then because S of course and then SSY and then it's that's the logo is and it, and you're not Rest in peace Lemmy right oh god yeah um, but it's yeah. but it's one of those things that like yes that could be very mistaken for the for the style of Skechers also or skatewear just, that's that extreme simplicity it's literally just it's just lines it's just lines it's, it's just, just lines. up down up down up down it's like how how a kid would draw teeth so Commissioner Gordon is essentially wearing a Stussy. Jacket. That's, I guess, what we're getting at right now. A stack it. A stack it. And I want to point out the fact that the first two characters you meet are Batman and Commissioner Gordon, and how far apart those two characters really are now in the current meta of Batman. The fact that what we all think of as the Commissioner Gordon Batman relationship, I think you would probably think of that relationship as Gordon knows that Batman is Batman, but he just ignores it. Or he's got a vague idea of who he is. Um, if I've... nothing else, there is no Bruce Wayne and Commissioner Gordon relationship. That doesn't Un- Unlike this this first comic where Bruce's Bruce and Commissioner Gordon are just like hanging out and then Commissioner Gordon gets a call that there has been a murder. Uh, the Chemical King has been murdered. I'm assuming the Chemical King of the current city. We're not... We don't know what city this is. There is no Gotham at this point. Uh, later is this, it is established that they are in Manhattan. So this is New York. Um, so the Chemical King of probably New York has been murdered. And Commissioner Gordon just says, I'm going there now. Like to come along? Like, there's no police protocol. Like, that's just a thing you could do with your young man friend that Commissioner Gordon has. He's just like, that's yeah. a very interesting way of phrasing that. <laughs> His friend who happens to be a young gentleman. And, and Bruce's response is, oh, well, nothing else to do might as well. Like, yeah, that's like when you're hanging out with your buddy, you're just like, oh, by the way, there's a murder. Do you want to come investigate with me? Like... That's a surefire way to not get anyone suspicious about what you like to do in your spare time, is to go to murder scenes with your friend who happens to be the police commissioner and just be like, well, I'm bored. It's popcorn and a ride-along. <laughs> as a journalist who studied journalism, that's not how ride-alongs happen. You don't just be like, oh, I live with a cop. Hey, can I, can I go with you to the, the crime that has been committed? And they're just like, no, For the- you can't do that. <laughs> so... Ba- uh, Bruce watches the commissioner commish, which is really strange, honestly, because the commissioner really shouldn't be trying to solve murders. He has detectives and police officers to be doing that. Like, he's he should be is, managing them. Is he established as commissioner? It, it does say first, the okay. literally the the third, the fourth word in detective comics is the home of commissioner. So and to be fair, there's the header. Okay, we're not counting the header, but. <laughs> He shouldn't yeah, be yeah. doing this. This is not his job. His job is to make sure these guys do this job. But the Commissioner Gordon, as far as I understand it, not that I have a very vast knowledge of police hierarchy, should not be solving crimes. Um, mainly just going, are you solving this crime? Yes. How are you doing it? By the book. Good. And then walking <laughs> away. Or give me your badge and your weapon. That's what I imagine the Commissioner <laughs> does a lot of the day, is just asking for badges and weapons and saying, do it by the book. But Commissioner Gordon just ends up doing these things. It's really funny is that Bruce is just in the background in a majority of these panels. And you'd be very thrown off. Because with the way Commissioner Gordon is the focus of many of these panels, you would imagine he's Batman. In fact, actually, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's not until the third issue that it's actually officially like Bruce Wayne disappears and Batman reappears. And it's correct, like, yes. textually announced. Yeah, it's, it's the, so Bruce begins to investigate. I mean, it's obvious, but. Well, to, to us, yes, um, because we know better. But, they, you know, yes. Bruce, Bruce gets to go to the, you know, starts investigating the murder as there are um, people who are also on this list to be murdered. And 
This is very interesting because this is not what we think of the Batman costume to look like. He's got very short bat ears. Um, he has the utility belt. He's got the scalloped cape. He's got the uh, the bat underoos on. Uh, much like Superman has his red underoos. He's got a bat symbol on him, but he just looks homemade, I guess is the term. It's not a bad way of putting he it. Looks, he looks like he, he's well-crafted in his own sewing room. And it's very well done, and good on you for Bob Kane to, within literally three issues, evolving Batman to look like the Batman we know. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say body count one. Bruce throws a dude off of a roof in a rooftop tussle and these guys who are, you know, suspects. Uh, yeah, he, he just he just karate chucks a dude off of a two-story house and that guy looks pretty dead on the face down on the pavement in one of those panels. And he's just like, oh good, I'm, I'm out of here and I'm going to the next guy. For the record, this is going to be one of the things that we probably bring up when we talk later about... Is this actually Batman? Yes, for those of you playing at home, I will be counting body counts, so you won't have to. We'll have nice little pictures. But yeah, and we'll even be counting the people we think should be dead. Probably that person is in that category. (laughs) That person should be. be honest. That is a very nebulous life state at this point for this man. We don't know how high up that was, but we can assume high enough for crippling injury. Yeah, he's either a paraplegic or he's dead. Um, because that is pavement down there. Because if he hit head first, that man is not walking up or waking up. So Batman goes to the next victim, finds the guy who is uh, trapped under the largest bell jar I've ever seen. Which, uh, according to the villain, is a gas chamber used to kill guinea pigs to experiment with. What sized guinea pigs are these? So I wrote stuff down. Oh, did Should you? I go into... Yes, please, please do. This is actually important. So I actually spent... Probably an hour looking up euthanasia of various veterinary animals. That's not going to get you on a watch list. Anymore. I look. I used incognito okay, mode, well but no, you're fine at that point. It liter- like literally, if you bring up incognito mode in Chrome, it says it does not protect you from secret agents. Well, well, what is what is the what are the what's the euthanasia you looked up? Gassing is not a recommended. Method. So not only is this guy mean, well, he's just doing it the worst way too. There, there are qualifications. Uh, it is specifically quote acceptable with conditions. You don't gas them while awake. You don't gas them well. They really or while don't, aware, they really don't recommend it. Oh, I uh, would imagine that is terrifying and horrible yeah. and mean. That is actually one of the big things that they go into <clears throat> is make sure that when you euthanize an animal, it is in a way that doesn't cause it panic. And apparently, guinea pigs panic a lot. <laughs> <laughs> one, one would not know that from the gentle exterior of a guinea pig, but apparently they panic a lot. So Batman, uh, you know, arrives on the scene as this mini-boss type character is about to bell jar gas this poor other chemical king. There are several chemical kings of Manhattan. And he breaks through the bell jar with a handy-dandy, I want to say, adjustable wrench? Yeah. That's I mean, ad- it looks like the archetypal spanner. Yeah, it looks like a spanner that apparently he has on him on his person that's something to keep in the bat utility belt um he, wait and did he, they really not say like he no, got he it just, from he, somewhere like he just has it if i'm looking at it right now like he's running in he's running in oh no he seizes a wrench from a table and leaps to the get so somewhere table in, not pictured. in this chemist room there's a spanner wrench for reasons plot plot yeah. relevant for the record uh it is important to note this is the era of voiceover 
everything is happening in captions. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of narrator um, boxes happening or, or narrative boxes. And then this happened. Yeah, it's it's a lot of yeah. uh, you know the Batman greets Jennings with a flying tackle in which I've never seen anyone tackle anyone sideways, but he's doing it. Yeah, um, no, that's weird. That's, that's weird. That's uh, how the NFL tackles now, by the way. Um, and so he he gets this guy, he beats him up, and then the real the real bad guy reveals himself, and he gets in a tussle with the victim, and Batman is like, "Nah, none of that." And as he's holding him and being and kind of just in like it's it's over. Batman has won. This other guy is safe. This guy, however, pulls a gun from his coat pocket. Batman punches him into an acid tank that also happens to be in this room. In a very Disney villain death, where we don't see the body, we just see a splash of acid, and he goes, a fitting end for his kind. You know, I was going to say that doesn't sound very Disney-ish, like disappearing into a vat of acid, but now I'm remembering how Scar died. Yeah, like Scar... Like the the pan away as all of the hyenas close in. That's dark. Or the dude the dude from Princess and the Frog getting pulled that, into the nether it. realm. It's... Oh, it's a... Wait, fan. what? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, he get. He gets Ileana Rasputin. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's actually a very it's one of my favorite Disney villain deaths. Or um, Hades, Hades getting pulled into the River Styx whirlpool at the end of Hercules, which is super messed up to it watch. Has been days since I watched that. Uh, that's on Netflix, I think. But okay, so that happens. Batman, Batman does his Batman disappearance for the first time ever. Also on this page, where the guy's like, "Wow, that sucks," and then he goes, "How can I ever thank you?" Oh my God, he's gone. And the next panel is Bruce and Commissioner Gordon talking again. Commissioner Gordon is... I love this. I love, this is a great analysis right away of how Bruce Wayne is supposed to be observed. Because this is Commissioner Gordon after Bruce Wayne has gone. Bruce Wayne is a nice young chap, but he certainly must lead a boring life. Seems disinterested in everything. And then the next two panels are the reveal that Bruce Wayne is in fact Batman. Okay, so we were actually wrong on that. It did actually happen in the first issue. Yeah, it is the first issue. And then, so let's, so of the 64 pages of Detective Comics 27, six of them are devoted to Batman. To his credit, cover. Yeah, and with, you know, but he, yeah, he does have the cover of Detective Comics, which is the iconic cover of Batman holding a dude in a headlock while swinging from a, uh, I would say, a Spider-Man vantage point. Yeah, it's actually exactly <clears throat> the same kind of pose, just slightly different angles. Right. One thing I didn't realize, though, it actually has shading on the outfit. It actually has, like, the highlights. Almost, almost whereas, muscle shading. Yeah, well, just also just defining the lines. Like, hey, legs are cylindrical, cylindrical yeah. uh, as compared so that's to a, the rest of everything. That where is a credit they to uh, Bob Kane and probably the, the colorist at the time. I don't know if it was also Bob Kane. Um, but the next the next group of stories... One thing oh, I dear. do want to go over. Yeah. A weird factoid. I, I have stumbled across a number of weird factoids. That may wind up being my role on this. <laughs> uh, so I was curious as to what kind of gas would be used to, to take care of guinea, guinea pigs. pigs. And I did the natural thing. And thankfully, it sounds like probably not necessarily Zyklon B, thankfully. Okay. I was wondering whether we were going to make the Nazi connection oh. a couple... Couple, issues couple, early, a couple issues because we are foreshadowing. We are there, there's going to be some Nazis. Um, well, that and also just this is being published in 1939. Correct, but bad things are happening. Batman, yeah, and, so we'll and get actually, there. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but both uh, uh, both Finger and Kane were Jewish, right? Yeah, so they well, probably had I think a lot I, of awareness of what. If was I'm not going mistaken, Gardner Fox was as well, but I won't speak for that mm-hmm. as I don't really know that well. So, thankfully, that connection is not there. However, apparently, there is a DC villain who appeared 
uh, I actually don't know how many times. Named Zyklon. <laughs> it gets better. Oh, dear. DC villain. Oh, dear. Who was a Nazi speedster. Oh, naturally. Shit. Speedster. Quote from the Wikipedia entry. And this terrifies me to think about. Thank you, Dr. Internet. It is unknown whether he can tap into the speed force. Oh, no! Oh, my God. So, for those of you unfamiliar with DC, because I'm really sorry if this is your first foray into DC, The Flash, he's got a terrific television show on the CW right now, creates the speed force when he becomes The Flash, when he gets hit by lightning in his... I forgot that was the creation. That is, yeah, he gets hit by lightning in his chemistry lab as he's at work being a forensic wait, scientist. Wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> Lightning created a fundamental force of nature. Yeah, isn't that weird? He fundamentally creates the Speed Force, so I think this is actually an instance where the Nazi can't access the Speed Force because it doesn't exist. Well, I think he is a Nazi sympathizer, or a neo-Nazi, in the year's future. I don't think he's necessarily oh, oh, Nazi he's not, a, he's not a Speed Force Nazi who then... Okay, a no, Spazi? I get what you... No, we're, no, we're gonna have some puns, and that's I'm I'm drawing that's a not a that. pun. That's a portmanteau. Okay, well, we're not gonna have that portmanteau. Okay, that's so fair, mo- that's so fair. moving on, Detective Comics number twenty eight. Get ready, folks. This is gonna be a long one. Um, not the issue. This one's actually pretty mundane, but uh, there is uh, it's it's called Frenchie Blake's Jewel. Batman essentially uh fights a, a jewel fence or a guy who's trying to steal a jewel. It's it's not really important. I, I'm we're gonna stress at this point. Most of the issues, plot relevancy is very low because there is no core canon. At least not early, until they begin to recycle villains. And when they bring in Robin. Correct. So, this is another Batman fighting gangsters story. Um, Which starts off with, why does Batman not have gloves? Why does Batman not have gloves in in this first... And in this entire issue, Batman is missing I, gloves. You mentioned it, le- and let me actually and I see. Vis- visually verified that Batman is has oh flesh colored hands. Yeah, no, and <laughs> wow, he's wearing a black jumpsuit. It's it's quite strange. Wow, all of that is and the coloration on that is wrong. Uh, okay, never mind. Later shots actually look right, but yeah, he is not wearing gloves. For for reference, we are looking through um, Batman Chronicles Volume One. But uh, for if, for those of you playing at home and you want to follow along with us, you can purchase these fine things at what we would say your local comic book store if you have one available to you. Yeah. Otherwise, online you can order it from Amazon. Lee's Comics is the one we go to, right? We we go to Lee's Comics in San Mateo. Um, they're fantastic people. They're really great. Highly recommended. They had a pretty good price on Wicked and Divine, which I am very much enjoying. Yes. And chomping at the bit for the next volume. Batman with it, on this first page already kills a guy. And it really is just, it's Batman foils a jewel heist. And it's, this is probably, however, the first, in, oh, by the way, Batman's car is a sweet, cherry red 1930 sports car. There is no Batmobile, folks. He is driving around in a bright red car, very fast, in the Bat suit. Uh, okay, it doesn't look like it has plates. It does not in that picture. No visible plates, but okay. it's really strange to me that, like, he could be in traffic, and someone could, in in <laughs> theory, just look over, and there's some dude in a suit, and he's just like, how's it going? Um, but Batman, this is the first instance that I like of Batman's interrogation tactics, where he wraps Frenchie Blake, the, the mastermind guy in this. Frenchie Blake? That's his name, Frenchie Blake. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. It's great. 
He oh, wrap- God, and it's, yeah, it's Frenchie with a Y. Yeah, and he wraps yeah. him up with, uh, Batman also is using silken rope. But I would hazard a guess that nylon would be better than these silken ropes that Batman is using to swing throughout the city with and tie people up with. But he hangs Frenchie Blake out a window and forces him to get, he gets a confession out of him. Oh, and he's actually got a good amount of distance there. That looks oh, like... Oh, he's at least he's, a floor he's, he's below him. He's holding him down a floor, yeah. And it's really... That's Batman effectively torturing someone. Which we will see again and which again. Is, which is great. Because, up to the present era. Because that is the fear tactics we associate with Batman. It's just like, swear to me! That's an interesting point. I'm thinking it through right now. And in the first two issues, other than that, do we see the intimidation, the... Uh, uh, strike fear into the heart of no, criminals. he's just beating people up, yeah. which is, hey, and then he uh, leaves the guy on the stoop of the uh, police department with a note that says, uh, Dear Commissioner, I thought you might like to have the leader of the Jewel Gang. Also, leaving his confession and stolen jewels. Till we meet again, I remain the, and then he draws the bat symbol. <laughs> which, <laughs> way to go, Bruce. I mean, you probably made this suit all by yourself. You could probably draw that. So good for him. Well done. We're about to get into the Dr. Death story, which Matt and I found particular joy in because there's just a whole lot of mess going on with this one. Let me clarify. In addition to everything else, I found particular joy in the first two panels. Now, remember how we talked earlier about the hyphenation? Yes. It gets better. Does it? Yes. Or worse. Here's the header. First off, it's the quotation marks bat hyphen man. Now, if I'm, I'm going to try to pronounce this, the Batman. Yeah, that's, that that's, sounds that sounds too natural. That you almost can't hear almost like how one would pronounce man bat, like the villain man yeah, bat. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You can kind of hear the hype in there. But here's the thing: take a look right down below it. Oh, the Batman meets <laughs> Doctor Death. Oh shit! There yeah. is no quotation mark. <laughs> Screw that. There up. is no hyphenation. Wait, who wrote this? Is this is this Gardner Fox? I I. Here it, it is Gardner Fox. It's way to go, Gardner. That's all you, buddy. So but we're it gonna... gets better. It gets better. <laughs> it... Flip back over to it. Oh, man. Look below in this, the first real panel. The Batman. There is a clear space there. And no hyphen. And no wow, hyphen. Just... We have the Batman, the Batman, and the Batman. I like to point out that Dr. Death looks like a cut-rate Nosferatu with a beard. Um, because he's Nosferatu? got the, he's got the, well, he's got the, 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 the vampire ears. Well, funny you should mention vampires. <laughs> no, it's not. We're going to get into that. Uh, but, uh, but Dr. Death, um, has a, uh, I would say a cohort here who is just so racist in so many ways. I want to say it's, uh, Java. Probably. Spelled J-A-B-A-H. I want to say it probably sounds like Java as in the hut, but... Shall I? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Exposit. So, I, I actually tried to look this up, and it's entirely possible that there's a trans... An, I guess, anglicization or transliteration of Jabba. So, it's noted Jabba, we're assuming that's a pronunciation, uh, is actually uh, Indian. They just say Indian. They don't say anything more beyond that. No, no, no East Indies, no... Presumably somewhere on the... Indian subcontinent, but no specification of region, uh, and at this point there was no separate India or Pakistan, etc., etc. But I did a lookup, and I could not find anything that was specifically Java. The closest that I could find from a Google search was Jabhat al-Nusra, which is Al-Qaeda in Syria. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
We're just going all over the place with this already. Yep. Uh, it's also worth noting, I tried to do some uh, comparative analysis of various turban types. Okay. Because he is wearing a turban. It's a blue turban over a red shirt and then blue pants with a white sash. All in primary colors. However, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the turban of a Sikh. Which, I freely admit, I uh, <clears throat> all of my knowledge comes from a little bit of exposure to secondhand stuff and Wikipedia. But it's very much anti-tyranny. So we've got some dark Jedi stuff going on here. Yeah, there's Like, some... he has turned to the dark side to work for Dr. Death. Literally the first You name. had to be more dramatic. Like, I did a dramatic pause there. You had to come in I with did, a voice. You did. I'm sorry. I Was he Mentok the Mind Taker from Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law? I can do that. <laughs> I, Mentok I the Mind Taker. Sorry. Um, if you want, you can do that. That's, to me, what Dr. Death sounds like. So the problem with this is Dr. Death feels Batman is an actual threat to him, so he calls Batman out in the newspaper, which, of course, Bruce Wayne, as a highfalutin uh, rich type in the 30s, reads all the, all the time. And in public notices, he sees a call-out from Dr. Death, so he has to go to the U.S. Post Office, where there is a letter addressed to John Jones. And we're both kind of looking at each other like someone addressed a piece... Like, very, very early, someone was like, by the way, that's going to be what the Martian Manhunter's called. When did he come out? Not now. I didn't even think of that when I initially read so it. So it's John. Jo- it's, so John Jones is the pseudonym that the uh, Doctor Death puts out, and he, you know Batman answers it, and it says like you know at 10 p.m. tonight, this place, this time, we're gonna we're gonna fight and we're gonna duke it out. And Batman, we see the first, other than the silken rope at this point, we see the first Bat gear, which is choking gas pellets and suction glove knee pads and gloves. And the gloves, I, I use as a loose term because they look like oven mitts with suction they cups on them. really do. And uh, Batman is, is getting more and more Batman-like. The ears are getting longer in these issues. So we're seeing him, uh, you know, go to this location. He climbs up with his suction cup hands and his silken rope. And he gets into a trap. And, of course, he, you know, beats the crap out of these guys. And he uses his choking gas pellets to get away. And he's, he's you know, he's, he's doing pretty good here. But he does get shot. So he gets shot in the, the shoulder. And he does a lot before he seeks medical attention. He climbs down the building, gets into his car, changes back into his Bruce Wayne garb, goes to a payphone, tells someone at the Daily Globe to write as Batman... You're on, Dr. Death. And then goes to, I kid you not, the Wayne family doctor. Who just says, it's alright now, Bruce, but how did you shoot yourself when there are no powder marks on your flesh? And Bruce just responds, I do funny things sometimes, Doc. I'll tell you about, I'll tell you all about it someday. Thanks for everything, and nothing more is said about that. For the record, I, well, I, okay, target shooting, I suppose, you could do with a pistol. But accidentally, but the- in your in your shoulder... Okay, like, even then, that's stupid and hard for... I I have to imagine, this is the first person who figures out who Batman is. I want to say this is an early precursor to Alfred. The family doctor is probably the closest thing we get to an Alfred-type character, just referenced in one panel. It could have been that, but I would argue that the implausibility, it might actually be the first thing that says, we need somebody who's on the inside as a character who... Who can just take care of him and takes care of it? So I actually right. wonder if it's this almost is a it's almost that... closer to a Lucius Fox character. Yeah, but, yeah because, but we will say there is no Alfred. There is no scene Butler in any of Bruce Wayne's home shots. So Bruce just happens to spy 
Jabba, Jabba. I don't want to say it wrong. Jabba. We're going to say Jabba. As near as I can tell, it is not actually a name. They just came up with it. Got it. Okay. So he he spies him on the street about to kill another person because, you know, you're in New York City and you just happen to see the only Sikh turbaned Indian walking around about to kill someone. And he saves the guy, follows Jabba back to Dr. Death's place, gets in, beats the crap out of both of them, but in doing so... Throws a fire extinguisher at Dr. Death in his laboratory. The fire extinguisher explodes and presumably kills Dr. Death. We're going to put a question mark body count put there until we get to the next issue where... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't I, think... Literally, it is the next... Literally the next page, issue. Like, and it's right there. In Detective like, Comics 30, August like, 1939. It's reasonable for the people reading this at the time or even reading this like in the moment of reading it. Uh, to wonder, oh, is he actually dead? But you've read it, and you are literally flipping the page. I was just you trying to... You put a question mark, you put I a, was trying to be there, to, to be dramatic. I was trying to match your dramatic had a time pose. to live Pause. of ten seconds. It did, it had a, it had a, it had a timeline. <laughs> um, and there was a shot clock on it. So, mm-hmm. so Batman starts to investigate some uh, quirky goings-on about this uh, mysterious death uh, of a man who was poisoned. Which, of of course, he's like, well, obviously this is Dr. Death again, even though I just saw him burn up in a fiery mass. Batman goes back to Dr. Death's, uh, goes back to the place that he thinks is going to be robbed, goes into the safe, presumably takes the item out for safekeeping, but we see a bandaged, a fully bandaged-faced man who kind of looks like the Invisible Man with another uh, Asian counterpart. Well, turn the page. Who is, uh, what's his name? Actually, I guess that's technically true. Turn, turn uh, the page. His name's Mikhail. Uh, there's a line. There's a line somewhere here where... One of Dr. Death's Cossacks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, for the record... Cossack spelled C-O-S-S-A-C-K-S. Read, read the entire line. I think that might actually be correct. I'm not... One uh, of no, Doc, it's probably just a K. One of Dr. Death's Cossacks, such as Jabba, I'll follow him to Dr. Death. So, for the record... The Cossacks do admittedly, okay, Ru- Russian border territories tended to have some amount of Cossack we'll, territory, we'll describe but the... lumping together Indian Sikhs with Cossacks? Not okay. Not okay. Not remotely. No. So this guy is dressed in a white flowy shirt with green trousers, a cape, a red fez, it, it's not quite and a very fez. big hoop earrings, and I want to say... Even though the term is very bad, he looks like a gypsy. I don't know, like I, a very, a very stereotyped the, I'm version. Think of the stereotype, and I actually can't picture one in my head. Okay, uh, well, I, I, I don't know. No more but stereotypes than me. Uh, the I actually did look it up, and the headwear is about correct. Maybe not. Maybe, quite. maybe possibly. So yeah. he follows this guy, you know, around to try and you know track him back to Doctor Death. He goes back to this guy's apartment to see if he can get some information. And the guy wakes up while he's in the apartment. He, he, you know, is fighting him. And Batman jumps out the window, throws his silken rope. And as the guy looks out the window to see where Batman is, Batman swings back. And there is a sickening snap as the Cossack's neck breaks under the mighty pressure of the Batman's foot. He just straight up murders him. He steps on his neck and kills him. And that's harsh. A bit. It's It's not even like the rush of combat. It's... I'm coming, like, he had gotten away, and he came back to just kill him. So that's another one on the body count right there. Oh, man, it's not even, like, it's not even just a caption. It is straight up. It's a full panel of him killing him. There's an onomatopoeia of snap. 
It's bad. It's not very good. It's, that's a that's a point against Batman and his morality. He Gwen stacy him. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's that's, got the sound effect. It does. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and he, he goes back to the guy who is supposed to be buying the diamond or the jewel or whatever. And he finds out it's Dr. Death, who looks now like he's got a shrunken head it, for a head. It's green skin it, version of Lopan. Oh, goodness gracious it is. With no nose. Oh, yeah. And well, that's okay. That's gonna, so he's a using Vong. That's gonna yeah, he's a using Vong. <laughs> so he we're gonna we're gonna show that online. So we got we got two issues here to get through that are really really something. All right, hang on. One thing that we need to think about first, though. Mm. This is something that occurred to me when looking up hyphenated names because often like surnames are hyphenated. So there's a thing in Germany apparently. Yes. This is all Wikipedia knowledge, so Thank call you, me Dr. If I get it wrong. <laughs> Dr. Internet is our best friend. Uh Alliance Namen. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Okay. But the idea being that when a man and a woman get married, they actually take on an alliance name where it is a uh combination of the two names. For instance, uh say uh John Smith and uh Patty McFace got married. Shut up. Patty McFace. <laughs> I'm on I the made spot. A, I'm on the spot. I made a face at the, Patty McFace. Then it would be, they would be uh, the Smith McFace family. Yeah. Uh, so it would be John Smith McFace. Correct. Here's the thing. Uh, they also, their kids would then take on the father's name. So they would have their son, uh, Awesome Smith. Okay. I cannot... Ever since then, think about Bat hyphen man, except <laughs> as an alliance nomin. You brought that back so well, you circled back around to being mad about hyphen names again, and I'm impressed by it. <laughs> Here's where it gets better. Here's where it gets better. Think about it. You have, okay, Bat hyphen man. So you have Bruce Bat got married to Patty Man. Oh, God. It gets oh, better. Oh, no, it think doesn't. about Man Bat. So presumably Bruce had not, Bruce had a sister who got married married to Jeff. to a to a man from the Man Clan. <laughs> oh, God. And think about every like superhero who's blank hyphen man. There must just be an entire giant Man Clan. Is <laughs> God, you went there. Oh man, I was gonna make a joke like man is a common name like Antilles, but <laughs> that works too. That works too. <laughs> I like Man Clan better. So wow, I, I'm having trouble recovering. From, we're trying to move on. So next is a series of two uh, two issues that actually uh, the second sort of instance of continuity because of course the Doctor Death issues promote a sense of continuity with the same guy coming back. We have uh, the Master Monk issues, and I got to tell you, there's just a, Master Monk or Mad Monk. It's Master Monk. Really? Oh, I misread that. It is the Master Monk, and the best part about these is it just introduces a whole lot of shaking going on in the Batman universe. First of all, Batman has a fiance, or rather, Bruce has a fiance. Uh, That's Julie. a distinction. Yeah, yeah, Batman is not a fiance. Uh, Bruce does. It's Julie Madison. Julie is a uh, a classic beauty of the 1930s, I believe. Uh, she looks um, like <laughs> she looks like Lupe Velez. For those of you who are familiar with 1930s movie stars, if you're not, Google Lupe Velez, and that's kind of what Julie Madison looks like. Also, I really hope the Bat car is also not Bruce Wayne's car because Batman puts Julie in the red car, and presumably Julie would just be like, "Are you in my boyfriend's car?" 
Are you driving me back to my place? He's got place? a garage full of cars. Are you driving me back to my to my place in my boyfriend's car? So, Julie Julie is caught trying to murder a man for reasons unknown, but Batman recognizes, because Batman's Batman, that she's hypnotized. So he takes her to a doctor and says, you know, you need to get checked out. And the doctor has probably my favorite line in all the comics. Yes, yes, an ocean voyage to Paris, and perhaps later to Hungary. The land of history and werewolves. Werewolves? Werewolves is underlined here. Is that the first time we've seen an underline in the comic? Oh no, I don't believe it is, but I just need to, I need to pause and just listen to that. The land of history and werewolves. I really hope the the Hungarian tourism board is making a lot of money off of that slogan. That guy must have gotten super promoted. So, Bruce that, is like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a good idea, so let's, let's put you on a boat to... First of all, a boat to Paris. I'm going to let you think about that for a second. For those of you ge- geographically challenged, Paris is not an oceanside city. Bruce says, yeah, go ahead, Julie. And says that he'll follow her in the bat plane, essentially, which is super cool. For the record, it is actually kind of a bat, <clears throat> bat helicopter. You can see it is a essentially a monowing plane with a helicopter rotor above it. And it turns out, like, I initially thought, okay, that's just, that can't be actual design. Like, I thought it was just, how do we make it seem like it can stay up? Well, okay, let's put a rotor on it. That is actually what helicopters were looking like at that time. I actually did some research on this. Oh, cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that there is some sort of historical grounding, but not so much in the fact that he gets in it, flies out to sea, puts it on autopilot above the ship, and it apparently flies itself. Yeah, they didn't last that long in the air. And goes on to Julie's ship, encounters her as Batman. So Batman just shows up on Julie's ship, which, if Julie was a smart broad, which I like to think she is, she's like, how'd you get here? How did you... what? How are you here? How do you know I'm here? What is happening? But that's quickly forgotten because the Master Monk is on the boat as well. Batman has a moment. Um, Also, we see the first instance of the Batarang, which is super awesome. He uses the Batarang... The Master Monk dodges it. He gets back on his helicopter, and then he lands in Paris. There's a gap in time there, I think, that we're just going to gloss over. It's a stealth helicopter, don't <clears> worry. <throat> okay, so he he finds Julie in Paris, only to be accosted by what, I, by what I can only describe as a Sasquatch. It might be supposed to be a gorilla. It's written as a gorilla. Specifically, what do they call it? Uh... It's it's actually yeah it's never it's never it isn't it, when it's first introduced I honestly guys it's a Sasquatch as far as I'm concerned the Master Monk has Sasquatches in Paris <laughs> I, I thought Batman jumps s- s- well, wait 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 yeah. Sasquatches in Paris werewolves in London well duh because you know Ba-ba, well Yetis well yeah Yetis aren't going to go anywhere near London so Batman jumps out of the, the window out of this trap and jumps into another trap that the Master Monk has for him. Batman uses his battering, as only Batman does, to get out of the trap, only to chase after the Master Monk again to fall into a giant cage with the Sasquatch. And I think, yeah, it is called a gigantic gorilla. Yeah, okay, I thought I remembered seeing gorilla in there somewhere. Which is impressive, because that is a big gorilla. It is, And it's not walking hunched over at all. No. It's not doing the nothing. And it's walk. got talon claws? Oh, God, you're right. It is double the size of Batman. It is a King Kong-sized gorilla. So I'm... This is a Sasquatch. We're gonna call it... We're gonna call a monster a monster. This is a Sasquatch. Yeah. yeah. 
So Batman chases after Julie, who's in this car, in his Batplane. He rescues her, and we think that is the end of the story until the next issue. But it is the end of the Sasquatch, right? It is the end of the Sasquatch. We don't actually ever see anything more of this. No, we don't ever actually see This wonder of nature is completely glossed over. Of course, because it's actually a gorilla. Duh. In all those For the record, plot holes happen a lot at this point. So Batman uh, sets his automatic controls for Hungary, home of the vicious monk and his werewolves. The next issue, Batman stops a stagecoach in Hungary and frees a woman and brings her back to where he's keeping Julie. And the woman's like, hey, um, my name's Dala. I seem to have been kidnapped by your friend here. This is weird. And Julie's like, yeah, he kind of does that. And so Batman leaves the two of them in this room together and then hears a scream, sees Dala sort of mummy walking out of the room, and then she smacks him with an Oscar? Yeah, it's close. It it almost looks like she hits him with an Oscar statue. It is very much a golden statuette of a humanoid form. It's an Oscar. It's an Oscar. And then he's like, "What? you know, that sucks, what a bitch. And then goes back into Julie's room and Julie has two fang marks on her neck. So... This is where I got lost. Um, we're in the land of Hungary, uh, a land of history and werewolves, and suddenly we're getting vampire hints? I can escalate this. Can you? I did some research. You, yeah, please do so. Yes. So, at this point in time, uh, Hungary was actually uh, building up for World War II. Specifically, actually, it had aligned uh, somewhat with the anti-Comintern pack. And was using some of uh, Hitler's political pressure to regain ter- territorial losses after World War One. Seriously, they lost seventy-two percent of ter- their territory after World War One. Hungary was not in a good place. So, just like Germany, it was heavily hit by the economic depression. It went right wing. But here's the thing: they were, in fact, the leading party. There was a right-wing authoritarian government in Hungary. These are probably Nazi werewolf vampires. Did we just make a Grindhouse movie? Ah, oh, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've got your Nazi Hungary werewolves that are vampires, and and Batman catches up to Dal and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna talk about how you just like tried to vampire my girlfriend?" And she's like, "Look, uh, take me to the monk, and um, we'll fight him." So he do- he's like, yeah, all right, that sounds like a good plan. He goes with her to the monk. She's like, just kidding. I'm I'm lowering you into a trap. And the monk hypnotizes Batman. And he's like, good work, Dala. He summons Julie so that both Batman and Julie are at this castle now. And then the monk turns into a werewolf that looks very similar to a badger. I was going to go with a wolverine, actually. <clears throat> okay. Either An or. actual wolverine. An actual wolverine, not uh, Logan uh, or James Hallett, for those of you who are in the know. And he summons other werewolves. So, the Master Monk's a werewolf. Dala's a vampire. Julie is like one, like, sucking the paper cut on her finger away from being a vampire, I'm assuming, at this point. It, it depending depends on, the rules. on what rules you use. I'm going, I'm but going we might uh, have we might have a Jubilee situation. We may have a Jubilee situation. Batman gets trapped with a bunch of werewolves, escapes Coach because... Jubilee. Yeah, Coach Jubilee. <laughs> Batman escapes uh, the, the pit full of werewolves, like Batman will do. And uh, melts down a silver statue, finds the master monk in his coffin, and Dala in her coffin, and then shoots them both with a gun. Now, with with bullets made from the silver statue that he melted down, 
So now the monk's a vampire, who's also a werewolf, and we went back and forth on this for a little while. We're gonna, I'm gonna go with, this is either close to Elder Scrolls rules, where you can kind of be whatever mythical creature you want, as long as you don't be something diametrically opposite, magically. Mm-hmm. But also, I think he's a hexen wolf, <clears throat> which is a person who turns into a wolf creature with use of magical artifacts, and you think he's li- a lichen. Uh... I was guessing something along those lines, or possibly a loop... Well, probably not a loop guru, because we didn't see him actually putting on a wolf skin. Correct. But it, this does not seem like it ascribes to any... At least any tradition of werewolf, lycanthropic <clears throat> mythology that we can recognize. But it's also worth noting, this was before Anne Rice, so all of these things were not locked in. So we're going we're gonna to go to the, the last issue we're going to cover in this. This is Batman versus the Dirigible of Doom. This is the first instance of Batman's backstory that we get. It is a page and a half of Bruce's backstory. And it's very interesting that we're just like, um, my parents got mugged, my dad got shot, my mom got shot, I'm sad. I'm, I have a chemistry set, I'm lifting a barbell, I'm by myself, oh look a bat, I'm Batman. It is a montage with narration. It's an 80s montage with a narration, and if only movies were that quick with the, with the Batman mythos. That would be interesting. So the next panel, this is also, uh, or the next page, this is the first mention of a city name that Batman is in, and it is Manhattan. So that was from the very beginning we discussed, we discussed that this was Manhattan. And there's a red dirigible shooting red beams on the city and collapsing things and blowing things up, and Bruce is seen helping the survivors, and these people refer to themselves as... The Scarlet Horde, and they come to rule the world. Do not resist us, or the rays strike again. So Batman's just like, this is bullshit. Those red beams from the dirigible. My file might help me. What file does he have on red beams from dirigibles? That's a very specific file. Is this the first instance of (laughs) Batman is prepared for everything? It must be, because he's also got the full Batman suit now. That is actually very true. The closest to the Batman look Let's we've ever seen it. Let's actually flip back really quick and take a yeah, look if you, at, if you look the at the Matt Monk story. If the Master, Monk, Master it's, Monk, it's still a little... Yeah, it's a little bit sharper. It's still a little sharp, but this is, this is the Batman suit. Yeah. So, yeah, Batman knows who these people are. He goes, oh, Professor Carl Kruger, released from Insane Asylum, suffered from Napoleon Complex, working on a new type of death rite. Obviously, it's this guy, because I've actually... These... Napoleon Complex? Yeah, Napoleon... Uh, oh, guys, by the way, this guy is short. He's fat. He looks like Napoleon. He's got a German name, and he's got dirigibles. He's Hitler. He's Hitler. Yeah. He's Hitler. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, because this issue came out in November uh, November of 1939, which is when... Well, so presumably, presumably it went to presses a little bit before that, but as of November 1st, 1939, Poland had already surrendered... Uh, Danzig had uh, been annexed, and I feel like there may have actually been an annexation of Polish territory. So the war was on. Meanwhile, the war had been on for days in uh, China with the Japanese invasion. This was right when things were going on. It wasn't yet clear how big it would get necessarily, but England, and, or more precisely... Britain and France were already committed. They had joined the war. This was right in the middle of when everything was going down, so it is entirely reasonable to read uh, the the dirigible and the Scarlet Hordes as the war fears, the idea that the bomber 
might be flying overhead. Maybe it, not. There wasn't right. the fear of necessarily nuclear annihilation at that point, but there was certainly that fear that stuff is going bomb, on. Enough bombers go over, you have that fear that something that we might get knocked out even before we get a chance to fight. So and, mind, so mind you, in the in in most of the way, this is kind of probably written at the time. The story is written a month beforehand, and then it is published the year or the month, the month afterwards. Presumably, so we're we're assuming sure. that the reason the Master Monk stuff is happening when stuff is going down is because it's happening as these guys are writing these comics, and then they're seeing it happen. And they decide, let's make a little bit more of a topical issue. To I, I actually I think in this case it's absolutely true. The Master That's what Monk, I'm saying. No, I'm saying like while 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 Master Monk is happening, mm-hmm. they decide that. Like while it's being published, like let's write a, a topical issue. So that's why it happens sometime after the timeline or during the timeline of things are occurring globally. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. an interesting thing to think about: is that they were probably writing these in a timeline in which they're watching things occur, and then they decided to write something that's a little bit topical. So Batman, you know, goes to uh, fight Kruger and destroy his dirigible, and in in the ensuing tussles in the hangar, gets knocked out. But gets up enough to switch a guy into the Batman costume, switches into a guard outfit, and lets Kruger kill the guy in the Batman suit. So I'm going to count that as one, as a body count for Batman. Batman then goes home, sprays the bat plane with some sort of chemical that he makes to counteract the beams from the dirigible. Gets in like a dogfight with the dirigible, blows it up, and then kills Kruger, who's also flying in a plane. I'm going to be Gimli here and say the dirigible only counts as one. <laughs> and But there's a dirigible crew and he kills several people clearly manning that dirigible. But it's one. It's one kill. We don't see any bodies, but the dirigible has people on it. So I'm going to say it counts as one. Yeah. And then Kruger's a two. So he's killed three people in this episode. Rather issue. Mm-hmm. And that's the last issue we're going to go into right now for this, for this episode. And for... For purposes of, you know, just expanding a little bit, I did some uh, cost analysis for Batman. Um, the gear that he's got. And choking gas pellets, you can make easy pepper spray. I don't know really how hard it is to aerosol pepper spray or liquid into a gas form so you can have it as a pellet. He could make that pretty easily by himself. A plane, though, I'm going to say uh, right now an, an Aviate Husky which has a travel range of about 550 nautical miles, which is about roughly 575 miles. Uh, sorry, I didn't do the kilometer calculation for you uh, on the metric system. Um, that's about $241,000. Uh, an Avia B-35 Czechoslovakian fighter plane in 1930. Similar design to the bat plane. I'm assuming it's a monowing plane with a propeller in front, one-person cab. That is a 308 mile per hour max speed, 500 kilometer, 311 miles. Max distance. It can definitely keep up with a cruise ship. <clears throat> that's a, that's a thing that's available. Industrial suction cups. A uh, hundred pound capacity. About that phrase just entertains Industrial me. suction cups. They have a hundred pound capacity, four inches in diameter. Um, you can get about twenty uh, four of them for about twenty two dollars. Now I'm saying. Um, so that's a plausible thing you could probably have. A boomerang. A cold steel boomerang costs about thirty bucks now. So you can probably buy a, a boomerang. I looked at car bodies. In the 1930s, he has, I want to say, an Alfa Romero 6C or a BMW 327 for his car, which at the time was probably about $1,500 to $3,000 in 1938 or 39. So he's got to have, I think we decided like close to $800,000 is probably the appropriate amount of money that Bruce Wayne has to have at this point in time, (laughs) which is not a lot 
per se and what we normally assume Bruce Wayne has as money. But when you think about it, there is no mention of Wayne Enterprises. It is just referred to as a trust, his father's trust. So Bruce is a reasonably wealthy individual living in New York City, close to the end of the Great Depression, but during the New Deal, during isolationism. This is the hero that people are reading. A rich, bored, trust fund kid. Specifically, though, I, I would actually clarify one thing. This is one of the heroes. One of the heroes, Cur- yes, because Superman spe- is, is, is occurring at the same time. But- and specifically, taking a very different slant. And it's, I, I actually think it's, it's interesting that we've chosen to start with Batman, because it's such a different thing oh, than absolutely. Superman. And I, like, by any rational standard, we should probably have started with Superman. Mm. However, by starting with Batman and uh, being three months... Or no, about a year later, if memory serves. Uh, I guess about seven months uh, between the introduction of Superman and the introduction of Batman. Something uh, like that, I want to say. By starting with Batman, first off, we're looking at Batman. Second off, we're looking away from the... I'm not going to lie. new thing. I'm not going to lie. We're capitalizing on Batman fandom. Well, also, that's our... Well... That's more my fandom. That uh, is your more. That's, that's yeah. that is more your fandom. Yeah. But but honestly, having Batman as a first episode is a lot more welcoming to people because Batman is a universally understood and liked mm-hmm. character. Superman is a little bit more gray now, especially with how people view him. But as it stands, God, reading Golden Age Superman, it is not something you would recognize. And we're gonna get into that. But I want to say Batman. As odd as he is now fighting... Werewolf Nazi vampires. Werewolf Nazi vampires. Fighting not Nazis. Fighting just regular thugs and jewel guys and and doctors of death. Is more like Batman than Superman is at the time. I'm inclined to agree. I I think what's going to happen when we read Superman is we're going to see an intensely politicized character... And I think that that is... Politicized in the sense that he's a hero of the common man, not yeah. politicized in the sense that he is... No no senators, gotcha. no presidents gotcha. showing up. But very much that, very clearly, this is somebody who would vote communist. Yes, and yes. And interesting. Oh, it is. It's... it's going to be very interesting to see, the try to draw the comparisons between the modern sort of much more, hey, I'm ostensibly on the side of the little man. Uh, Superman, modern modern Superman has to be so appeal, so appealing to everybody, so good, that I think we're going to see a difference in the core character between that character, that golden god, and the, I get things done, I punch people who are corrupt, I grab people who have been driving <laughs> drunk and jump around with them, for five minutes. He solves he solves problems by jumping. And I really wish I was being silly or or simplifying the matter. But he picks people up and he and he jumps with them. And that fixes everything in a weird way. And we're gonna get to that. Yeah, we're we're gonna get to that, but 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 Batman as it stands is if you look at the Phantom and the Shadow at, at, that are happening at the same time, which were inspirations for Bob Kane. Um, Bill Finger came up with the idea for the cowl, much like the Phantom had, and uh, changed the colors to black and gray. And because originally Bob uh, Bob Kane had them as like white and red, with like bat wings, like big wings. That and, he, and Bill white and, and red and yeah, and and and, uh, and Bill Finger said uh, scalloped cape, give him a cowl, make the colors darker. 
They're guys who deal with small-scale crime. I want to say the, the Scarlet Horde is the biggest thing I've seen them deal with. Easily. Even in Superman. Superman actually, I think, deals with something a, a little on the same scale very early. But mm. that's even big for Batman. Now, Batman yeah. dealing with a terrorist organization that is bigger than just Gotham. And explicitly not <clears throat> just like a mafia kind of group, but something that is actually... We have a weapon of war parked over your city. It's, That's a different. They, they already built the death ray. This yeah. is not like stopping Freeze from building a freeze ray that will freeze Gotham. Um, freeze there. I said it four times. It's stopping an already functioning. It's James Bonding. Yeah, yeah. It's being James Bond and stopping a weapon that has been used once, mm-hmm. and then so it can never be used again. And it's very interesting because he is, he is a Zorro type character, a rich, presumably aristocrat, going around bored. He's a hobbyist. Yeah. He's bored. He hangs out with Commissioner Gordon and then, like, solves crimes because he happens to be in the vicinity of them. And that's really strange because Batman is now perceived or written as this crusading lone figure. Obsession. Who is happens the, to have children who, ta- who tag along with him. But yeah, he's an obsessive. And in this, it seems to be this seems like a thing to do. So that actually gets over into the thing that I want to kind of talk about. Just, I don't know how much of a consensus we can come to. Because it's this super broad question. But is this Batman? This is Batman in the sense that I think the animated series is Batman. The barest bones version of Batman that you can possibly get. Yes, this is Batman. Honestly, this is what Batman is to me mentally. Mm. Is a guy who solves crimes. And... Batman is more nuanced now, of course. He is a much more complex character. But at his core, Batman is a dude who stops things from happening while dressed as a bat. Much like The Flash is a guy who can run very fast. And Superman is a guy with a lot of powers who stops very large problems. Batman's a guy with a lot of money who stops crime. This is Batman. It's just not intelligent Batman. It's not nuanced Batman. It's not complex Batman. But it is Batman, I think. I'm going to choose to disagree because I have a a little bit of a cheat in my mind, but a, a definition that I think makes sense. These are Batman comics. This is not Batman okay. as a character. No, okay, I can agree with that uh, in, in, in a very understandable way. That, yes, this is Because a... there's not a character there. You know what he is right now? He's a sequence of verbs. He's a <laughs> yeah, guy he who does things. He doesn't have a character because there aren't things being set out as character moments that we would recognize. He is a guy who does things. He is a sequence of verbs that move across a page and reach a conclusion. I, yeah, I, I see what you mean, and I, and I agree. He's not. There is no character here. Yeah. And having read the rest of these, which we will go into in the next episode, I don't think there is character for the first year and a half, maybe. Sounds about right. Which is... I mean, I don't know if that's a fault in the writing or if that's just realizing that this guy doesn't need to be complex right now because people are buying these and we need to sell them. Mm-hmm. It's delivering a different experience. Yeah, the comics right. industry was a different thing at that time, so it's 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 believable that they were not going like, how do we make this guy like the next big thing? It was more or less, mm-hmm. how, do we keep, how do we keep people reading these? How do we keep people excited with the adventure? Although, here's an interesting question. Now I'm circling back in on myself. Like, I defined him as a sequence of verbs... But that's not... Is that a lack of character? Or is it just a character that is expressed in one particular way? The things that he does and the way he looks. 
I, okay, so this is going to get into interesting grounds, which we but, can get into yeah. f- further in. But I, I yeah. it's a, it's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah he is. He currently, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be a lack of character to be a certain thing. Yeah, it seems as though Batman is currently a one dimensional character, and I would say that that means it is not Batman, but he is a character, and he has some of the pieces of Batman. He's a but pul- it, he's a pulp character. Yeah. But but even aside from that, like I, I think there are still pieces of pulp, and there are pulp characters that still work well as characters. Like I'd argue, Indiana Jones is a good character, and not just a good character, but a character that is a character. But I think it is still reasonable to describe Batman as a sequence of verbs that express a character. It's just a very limited one. So I still stand by my uh, these are Batman comics. This is not Batman. Yeah, no, and that's that's a that's a valid stance to have if you if you look at these the way that they are. We are coming now to the end of the episode. We've uh, expanded on some of the stuff. We've given you a little bit of history and some insight into how we're going to be doing this. We're hopefully going to be a little bit more concise for you guys later on as we get this done. If not, then you know, buckle up. It's going to be a ride every time. And uh, we'd like to give a nod to the podcast that kind of inspired us. Of course, if you have not been listening to Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men, you should be. It's fantastic. It is a magnificent achievement in research as well as fandom and people who very very much care about a series and are very good at it. Also, um, the Kaiju cast is very good. L. Collins into it. Uh, very mm-hmm. good. There's also a similar podcast called The Fantastic Cast where they go through every uh, issue of Fantastic Four. So we're going to be kind of doing an amalgam of the things that we have seen that are very good, hopefully getting better ourselves and developing our own voice. Thank you very much for doing what you guys do. We really appreciate it. You guys have uh, inspired us to do our own thing. Please keep doing what you do. Uh, Thank you very much. Please don't, you know, yell at us for ripping off some stuff. DC Detectives can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr pages. Visual aids, episode notes, and more can be found on dcdetectivespodcast.com. This was a good start. 78 years of history, staring us in the face like a gorilla working the door at our favorite nightclub. We knew this was going to be a long slog hard road that was best traveled by professionals. We were kidding ourselves if we thought we were anything close to professional. Someone had to do it, though. Convey the emotion, the joy of discovery, the confusion that familiar faces bring when seeing them in old photos. Herculean task. We were no demigods. Just a couple of detectives. <laughs>